Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71 features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This story happened a few years ago. I was in my early 20s and was studying in Paris, France. I was going home from uni. I usually took a short bus ride and walked the rest of the way. That day, I felt slightly uncomfortable though. I could sense some guy looking intensely at me. I was used to unpleasant, unsolicited gazes, but this time his gaze felt sort of beastly. It's hard to explain why, but I felt like a prey being stalked. I decided to get off the bus a few stops early. I wanted to avoid him and didn't want him to see where I usually got off. Like I learned in the movies, I waited until someone else pressed the stop button and waited until the last moment to stand up and leave. I didn't notice him get off the bus though. Just as I was feeling the relief of having escaped an uncomfortable situation, I looked over my shoulder and there he was, a few meters behind me. I had the distressing feeling his eye had just looked away the moment that I turned. I walked into a shop quickly, took my phone and pretended to be taking a call, and when I couldn't see him anymore, I exited and made my way home as fast as I could. I kept looking back on the busy street, I zigzagged, crossed the street at every crossing, and finally I believed that him getting off at the same stop as me was just a coincidence. When I reached my building, I looked back one last time, and there he was again, his alarming gaze on me smirking. I ran up to my apartment, climbing the stairs four at a time. I reached the top floor, squeezed through my door, locked it, and froze. My intercom was now ringing. Don't ask me why I picked it up. I regretted it the moment that I did. 
but I could hear the opposite flat intercom ringing as well. He had pressed all the buttons one by one, hoping that someone would open. But now, he knew my name. Gabriel. I felt like a deer in the headlights, frozen. Open the door, please, said a pleading voice. I just want to talk to you. Somehow, I couldn't even move or speak. Come to the window, he added. Look at me. You'll see I'm not a bad guy. Something clicked. He wanted to locate my apartment in the building. I was not going to make that mistake, though. I hung up in shock. I waited by the door without moving for what seemed like hours. When I finally managed to calm myself, I called my long-distance boyfriend. Call the police, he said immediately. Why didn't I call the police? I don't know. Today, I mean, it would be the first thing that I would do. The fear of making a big deal out of something not important, perhaps. What an idiot I was, though. I called my best friend instead. I just didn't want to feel alone, I guess. I told her all about it, and after a while, I felt a bit safer. We started laughing, and suddenly the intercom rang again. Two hours had passed since I'd come home. I answered. Gabriel, said the voice. Open, please. I still remember the chills that I felt that day. He was still there. He was there all this time. I was silent, petrified. He was silent, but I could sense his trepidation. Gabriel, let me in. I'm so thirsty, he said. Just give me a glass of water. This broke the tension and I hung up. Curled up in a corner, literally in recovery position, terrified, I waited. I was scared to make a sound. I knew that he couldn't hear me from the hall, but I was scared to even breathe. The intercom rang again, and again. I didn't answer this time. Instead, I, I crouched to the sofa and just fell asleep in exhaustion. But uh, I did hear the intercom ring one more time in the middle of the night. I woke up in the morning, afraid to leave my apartment. I called my dad who came to pick me up. There was no one in the hall, but there was a note in my mailbox. It said, Gabriel, I'm a nice guy. You should have opened to me. We immediately went to the nearest police station, and the police listened, and of course they told me that I should not hesitate to call them. My dad called a locksmith to install digicode on the building door the same day, and wrote a message to each of my neighbors asking to not open the door to anyone that they didn't expect. He sat in the cafe in front of my building with two friends every evening for more than a week, but I never saw the stalker again. After this episode, I use a different route to and from uni every day. I kept my phone tightly in my hand and looked back every few meters. Today, I'm still very observing of my surroundings. I never answer the door if I'm not expecting someone. So, people, if you ever find yourself in any kind of uncomfortable situation like this, trust me, call the police. And don't be an idiot like me. I haven't really told a, a lot of people about this story, but it's still one of the scariest things that I've ever experienced. 
Maybe someone here can shed some light on what you think this was. So, in 2018 to 2019, I was dating this guy and I would always sleep over at his place on the weekends. I would sleep on the right side of the bed and he would sleep on the left side. And one night I woke up because I guess I could feel something staring at me. I opened my eyes and my boyfriend was sitting on the edge of the bed to my right, just sort of staring at me and smiling, but the way he looked was so creepy. Nothing different about how he looked, but the only way that I can explain it is sort of, well, evil. Like super big smile and really wide eyes just sort of staring at me, but not saying anything. Now, this guy would always mess with me and joke around, so I thought that he was just trying to freak me out or something. I was about to ask him what he was doing too, like the words were about to come out when all of a sudden I, I felt his body laying down asleep, heard him breathing deep to the left of me. I immediately knew that whatever this thing was that was staring at me was not my boyfriend. I stopped myself from saying anything or even looking at my actual boyfriend lying next to me. I was still looking right at whatever this thing was that I had thought was my boyfriend. And I had an overwhelming sense of just feeling like I was in danger and if I said anything or looked at my boyfriend to my left, that it would know that I knew that it wasn't my boyfriend and something bad was about to happen. All of this was going through my mind super fast like... It was maybe three seconds after I realized that my boyfriend was actually asleep to my left that I just quickly grabbed the comforter, closing my eyes, and threw it over my head while turning, grabbing hold of my real boyfriend. And I just stayed like that until I fell back asleep eventually from exhaustion. Now, I've had sleep paralysis before, a couple of times in fact, and I know how it feels. And this... This was definitely not sleep paralysis. I still remember every detail so vividly and to this day I, I have no idea what that was. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So this happened almost 10 years ago, but it still gives me the creeps whenever I think about it. I was finished college, living back with my parents in our sleepy little town, and had rekindled an old friendship from high school to pass my days. Madison was a chill girl, and I got along pretty well with her boyfriend and brothers, so I ended up spending a fair amount of time over there at her place. 
Madison's mum was a nurse who enjoyed training for marathons, so if she wasn't at work, she was usually out running. Her dad, on the other hand, was off on disability and home every day, except for delivering the paper around the neighborhood at about 4am. Through passing conversation with Madison, I learned that he had been a professor before going off work, but I didn't feel it was my place to inquire further than that. He was never anything but pleasant to me during our interactions, but I was always struck with the notion that he seemed very distracted by something, as if there was always another conversation happening that he needed to return to. My parents are the type who always have questions about my friends, even if I was a 22-year-old college student. So I filled them in on what I knew and where I had been spending my afternoons. My mum asked me if I knew what her dad was off on disability for. I told her I didn't know. At which point my dad piped up and said that he believes that he deals with some mental illness. He then gently explained that he had responded to a 911 call with the volunteer fire department to go retrieve Madison's father out of the garage after a failed, well, attempt. Hearing that, my heart went out to everyone involved, and my questions surrounding her dad were satisfied, I guess. But I continued hanging around with Madison and her family for the rest of the summer, never having any issues besides perhaps a hangover the next day. One night, though, we were all over at Madison's house celebrating someone's birthday, I think. Everyone was congregating in the kitchen, sharing snacks, drinking wine, dancing. Even Madison's parents were down and having a good time with us. But her dad came over to me calmly with his drink and asked if he could speak to me in another room just off of the kitchen. I agreed and followed him, thinking that he was probably going to ask me to move my car or something. When we got into the other room, I could see the concerned look on his face, though, and became a little bit worried, hoping that I hadn't done something wrong or something. Amanda, I don't mean to scare you, but my paper route is through your neighborhood, and I saw something the other night. While I was heading down your street, I noticed a man coming towards me on the other side of the road. I don't usually see anybody else out there early, so I was a little bit surprised, but as he got closer... I noticed that he had no feet. He made eye contact with me as he said the last part, and I could tell that he was being serious. Look, I had no idea what to do, and I just froze, and he just sort of, well, floated on past. He said with a dramatic arm wave. He then began to shake his head as if saying no. Anyways, I think it's a reaper, and I just thought that you should know, okay? He made eye contact with me again, but smiled sweetly. I sort of picked my jaw up off the floor and managed to thank him for letting me know, and he nodded dutifully, and we went back into the other room, rejoining the party. I told Madison about it later on in the evening, just as she would want to know what was going on, I guess, with her dad and all, and... She seemed embarrassed but not surprised by this information and told me to ignore her dad because he was crazy. Her dad carried on his usual around me after that and never brought it up again with me. After I finished college and moved out, Madison and I sort of lost touch and I really don't think about her that often but I do however always check to make sure that people have feet when I'm out walking in the early morning hours. I don't know what it was about that story that got to me, but he seemed so genuine. 
I don't know. What do you guys think? I was at my aunt's house in 2003. Decided to spend the night and hang out with my cousins and all. My aunt lived in a house built around about the 1930s or thereabouts anyway. And the day was normal. Watching movies, talking nonsense, all that cool teenage stuff that you do when life feels carefree, right? Well, fast forward to nighttime and everybody goes off to bed. I was just hitting the couch that night and was still up watching TV and texting my girlfriend. The couch that I was sitting on was centered in the living room so you could walk around it. The living room itself was quite large with a high ceiling and chandelier in the middle. I remember my girlfriend saying that she was going to brush her teeth before bed so I started to play games on my phone while waiting for her to text me back. In that time I must have dozed off but... I woke up with what seemed like minutes later, still holding my phone in front of me. TV was still on, but I could see a, a faint reflection in the screen of my phone of an old woman standing behind me. I instantly turned to look, but when I did, there was nothing there. I felt uneasy and ended up going to my cousin's room and making up some lie about feeling sick and basically just crashing on the floor. I woke up the following morning and I thought that I must have been overtired or something and let my imagination get the better of me. I was still lying in my makeshift bed while everybody else was still asleep. I needed to use the toilet though so I got up and walked out of the room and in the corner of my eye I saw someone sitting in the armchair in the living room. I immediately turned to look but this time I saw this lady sitting there in the armchair staring blankly ahead, not noticing me looking. I remember her clear as day as well, old, 85 to 90 years old I would guess, short white hair and a cream colored dressing gown with slippers, and the most expressionless stare into just, well, nothing. I went straight into my cousin and woke her, but she was irritated and told me to stop playing games with her, but when I went to look again, the lady was gone. About an hour or so passed and I heard my aunt awake making coffee. I went and told her what I saw quickly and she said that she had seen her too. My cousins had not though, but the fact that my aunt and I had seen her really creeped me out because, well, it sort of validated what I had gone through. Now, this is the part that gets really weird. Fast forward about five years, my aunt had moved out and she was living elsewhere and that house became a distant memory. I was visiting my dad's place on the weekend and we were talking about paranormal things and I just so happened to mention my stepmother about the lady that I saw and her eyes widened immediately. She said that it sounds very familiar to what she had experienced in the house that she lived in growing up. I mentioned the suburb and she said the street. And yeah, it was the same house. My stepmother, her older brother, and her mother all described what I had seen as well. It was really crazy. But the creepy thing is that my aunt is my mother's sister and doesn't know my stepmother at all. I drove down that street recently, but the house has been knocked down since then. But I always wonder what happened to that lady. Who she was. What was she after? 
She didn't seem evil, I guess, and my aunt said that she could feel someone brushing her gently while she slept in the house from time to time. Maybe she was just lonely. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. So I have a Labrador and she has white yellow fur so I often see her in the dark, even in extremely low light. Last night at 3 I woke up for a drink which is pretty rare for me. Usually my dog follows me everywhere so I kinda didn't notice if she did in the middle of the night but the room was occupied by me, my sister who was sleeping on the other side of the room and Kiki, my dog. When I turned from the kitchen... I saw what I thought was Kiki under my sister's bed, as she usually goes there to sleep anyway. I called for her and could see her eyes moving and staring at me. Dark eyes, a nose on all white fur, with dark background, so pretty visible in low light. I called for her a few times, but she didn't come out, but I could definitely see movement there, like she was moving her head towards me every time that I would call her, and then move it away after a while. After like 15 minutes, I noticed movement on the other side of the room's door from the small gap underneath and it seemed like Kiki was trying to get my attention from behind the door without barking. She probably understands that everybody is sleeping so she couldn't bark without it being an emergency. I don't know, but she was trying to get in from that gap. I got really confused though and immediately opened the door and found Kiki was in the hallway this whole time. So I went back to see what was under the bed and now there was nothing, absolutely nothing, and the window was shut as the AC was on. I don't know what I saw that night, but there was definitely something under my sister's bed. I just hope that there's nothing to worry about as this is my first experience in this apartment. It's new, but I don't know. I'm in the room right now with Kiki next to me on my bed. Naturally, I've been glancing where I saw it yesterday repeatedly and hoping to not see anything. And I guess my prayers were heard because this time while cuddling, I heard a whisperish sort of ha huh right next to my ear. I usually always have my AirPods on at this time of night and would be listening to some random stuff, but I haven't been using them since the past two days and now I... Wonder how many signs I might have missed in the past month that I've lived in this apartment. Anyway, like I said, I'm really not sure what I saw the other night, but whatever it was, I just hope that I don't see it again. When I was about 11 years old, I loved riding my bike. I could do it for hours, in fact. And one day I decided to go to the forest, it was near the village that I lived in, about a kilometer away. Around 40 meters away from it, I noticed something. It was something white in the grass on the left side of the road, under a rock. There was a piece of paper with a rock on it. 
and on the paper was written with charcoal, hello. As a dumb kid, I came back the next day. The piece of paper was still there, but when I got there, I also had a piece of paper with the word hi written on it. Then I came back the next day too, and it was written on it, how are you? I had the paper and a pencil with me, and I wrote back, I'm good, you. Things were going really well. Once I tried staying there the entire day and night to find out who this dude was that was writing those little details. I told my parents that I would stay at a friend's house, but it was to no avail because nobody came. Time passed and me and whoever this other person was sort of became really good friends. We would have these conversations and we grew pretty close. One day, not intentionally, we just sort of stopped talking I just came to the place less and less until eventually I stopped. The last letter that I remember this person writing was, I'm going to miss you. Now, around 20 years passed, I'm 32, and I found written on paper with charcoal with a rock on top in front of my house, missed me with a question mark. This just happened the other day, and this is my most sincere, what the heck? Nobody knows about this, so there's nobody that could play a prank on me. And I mean, what the heck, right? One day passed, I took the paper inside my house, left it inside my drawer. And to be honest, I'm really not sure what to feel about this. I'm sort of happy, I guess, that whoever this person is came back. But only if this person isn't some evil dude ready to like stalk and murder me. I don't think that they are, but what do you guys think? Plus, how did this person find me again? I'm an 18-year-old guy, and for countless years of my childhood, I experienced some, well, let's just say really weird stuff that I still can't understand. It's been on my mind constantly, and I'm not claiming that I saw Casper the Ghost or anything, but, man, let me just tell you everything. What I'm about to share with you guys is my full experiences in as much detail as I can remember them. I've only shared this with my close family. I mean, imagine me telling my friends this. No, it's not a fictional story, and I swear that this is real. So ever since I was a child, I would feel like I was being watched. As a result, I really couldn't sleep alone in my room. I would cry and cry to my parents to let me sleep in their bed. It worked most of the time, but sometimes I was forced to sleep alone. I would always place a large body pillow sort of next to me when I would sleep, so I didn't feel watched as much. My first encounter, though, came when I was probably seven or eight years old. I woke up in the middle of the night, which I always did anyway, strangely enough. I took the large body pillow that was next to me and tried to place it on the other side of me, but when I lifted it, there was a, a woman standing next to my bed, a few meters away. It was really surreal, but I could sort of see through her, but I could still also see details. She was old, she had curly hair, she wore a shirt with buttons all the way down, and there were stripes on her shirt. I could see details all the way down to her waist where all of a sudden it just sort of cut off. 
I screamed, ran past her, where my dad came rushing out of their bedroom to see what had happened. After this, I would wake up every single night for the next few years. Maybe it was because I was so alert all the time, but I think it's noteworthy to mention that. Now, I'm not sure about the timeline here, but a little after I got my next incident, an incident that would repeat itself for years on end too. I woke up like I always would around 2 or 3 in the night. This time, a white cloud kind of shaped like a human was standing at my door. It was stationary when all of a sudden it moved a little bit. I would sit there staring at it for like 30 to 60 seconds before it would always disappear into the roof. It would just kind of slowly float up and after it went away I would just quietly go to my parents bed and sleep with them. This would happen at least for a year straight as well and one time it was a little different though. I was sleeping in my own bed. I was probably 10 plus now I would guess. I heard a female voice say hi to me. At first I thought that it was my mother waking me up for school or something so I'm pretty sure I said something like I'll get up soon but something got me to open up my eyes and it was standing there at my door cloud shaped like a human. I remember saying a few words but I couldn't say much because of fear and after a minute this thing floated up again and then it was gone. Just a, a lot of strange stuff would happen too when I was like 10 or 12. Things would sometimes fall down in my room from my shelf at night. So loud in fact that my parents would hear it from their bedroom and come in to check on me. I don't remember this one too clearly as well, but one summer night, me and my brother were in the living room when he spotted some weird stuff in the garden. It was a cloud thing, sort of shaped like a human again, going back and forth. But this one, this one was black though, and not white like I would always see. We called my father over and tried to point it out to him, but he couldn't see anything. My brother still brings this up like seven plus years after this event. And at this point, I was so traumatized by this, to be honest, that when I was home alone, I would barricade myself into a room or something like that. One particular incident, though, just tops everything. I was sick at one point, home alone because my mum was at the store. I was playing CSGO in my brother's room, the old nuke map if anyone knows the game, and a sculpture fell onto my face from above the PC. This wasn't too weird, but I got a little bit scared, so I left the room quickly. When I did, though, across the hallway in front of my room, I saw the cloud-shaped-like person again. But it was going extremely fast towards the kitchen this time. I had never seen it move like this. In fact, I'd never really seen it in the day like this. So I slammed the door and jumped out the window where I just waited for my parents. What I've noted is that all the activity of this thing would happen in front of my door. Our house is built pretty strange, it's sort of hard to explain, but my door is visible from almost everywhere in the house. In recent years, my oldest brother, who was very skeptical of my stories and would tease me, started talking about some weird experiences that he had too. He said that it was common for him to hear very heavy footsteps outside the bathroom when he was brushing his teeth at night, it was so heavy that he would feel the vibration in the floor, in fact. When he would check, nothing was ever there and it just stopped, then started again a few minutes after. 
The bathroom is located just outside of my room, exactly where I would see this thing a lot. In the beginning of all of this, my parents thought that I was lying just to be sleeping in their room. But when I woke up every single morning to eat breakfast with them and I would be telling them what I saw last night, they started believing me more and more, I guess. Now, my grandmother died a few years before I was born. She would always talk about how excited she was to meet her grandkids. When I described the woman in my room, I was describing a large part of my grandmother, apparently. Curly hair, shirt with buttons and stripes on her shirt. Keep in mind, I had never seen a picture of her when I was that age, so I had no idea what she looked like. But at this point, I was practically begging my parents to get some help. They eventually contacted a guy that claimed to be able to get this thing away. My parents weren't buying it 100%, but they did it for me. I was told that I was too young to participate in whatever they were going to do, so I couldn't be there. I was told that he claimed that an entity was living in the kitchen, my room, and the living room. And apparently, they sat in a circle and did some ritual before being charged 60 bucks. But, amazingly enough, after it... It all changed for me. I never felt watched again, I never saw anything again, and I could actually sleep in my own bed at night. I really don't know how to feel about this. I know what I saw countless times, but I just can't shrug it off. It's hard to live with for me, and I have a lot of questions about what all of that was. But anyway, it's all over now. Well, it seems to be, and... I just hope that whatever this thing was, it doesn't come back. When I was a kid in the 90s, I would often sleep at my grandmother's house in the middle of a small village in the Jura region of France. The bedroom that I would stay in was called the room in the back. As the name suggests, it was one of the last two rooms at the end of a main corridor shaped like an L. There wasn't really anything uh, special about that bedroom. It was pretty small and contained a bed, shelves with books and some other basic furniture. Yet, for some reason, that room just always creeped me out. I felt an unwelcoming presence and I would always struggle to fall asleep, scared of whatever invisible forces seemed to be lurking in the dark there. One night there, though, when I was around eight years old, I woke up scared and confused because I found myself lying down on the floor and in total darkness. I feel I need to make two things clear here though. This is the only time in my entire life that I have ever awakened outside of whatever bed or couch that I had been sleeping in. The second thing to note is that, despite the fact that the house is located in a small village, it wasn't particularly isolated and the street lights outside, they would always let a bit of light filter through the closed blinds at night. So, here I was, a child surrounded by total obscurity, struggling to understand why I wasn't in my bed. I tried my best to stay calm and touched around me, hoping to find the, the side of the bed nearby at least so that I could climb back in. But I simply just couldn't find it. I tried for several minutes too, but it just didn't seem to be there. Which was extremely strange considering that the bedroom wasn't that big in the first place. I sort of therefore decided to move forward in a single direction to find a wall that I could then follow until I would find the bed. 
but things got even stranger as I tried to find a wall. I would bump into furniture that I would not recognize and despite all my efforts I simply just couldn't find one. Everything around me was completely and utterly unfamiliar. I thought about calling for help. My grandmother was sleeping in the bedroom on the other side of the corridor and my parents in the living room. However, I imagined them finding me screaming on the floor and in the end I decided not to, not wanting to face that kind of embarrassment. Finally, I fell asleep on the floor, giving up on finding the bed. And I woke up the next morning in that bed and under the blankets. It was like the entire event had been nothing more than a, a really weird dream. Yet, it just didn't feel like a dream. I am a natural lucid dreamer and even back then I was already very familiar with how dreams feel and it just wasn't one or at least uh, I don't think it was. Anyway, a few years ago, a long time after this strange occurrence, I went to England to visit my aunt who's from the other side of my family. She claims to be a witch and is into a lot of new age stuff. I've always been skeptical, but I have to admit that she's done and said a few strange things that got me to go from not believing her at all to being a bit more neutral about it, I guess. So we were talking about our respective families and she went on about the only time when she had ever been in my grandmother's house when I was a baby. I thought that it was a good opportunity to see if she had sensed anything unusual there and asked her, making sure to keep the question open enough to not influence her. And the first thing she said was, Ah uh, yes, the room in the back. She said it in English and had no idea that we called it that way in French. There's something wrong in that room, she said. I was spooked. Once I got back to France, I decided to confront my mother about it since she'd spent her childhood in that house and as soon as I asked her what the heck was wrong with that room in the back, she froze and her face became white. She explained to me that when she was little, she went in that bedroom with a few friends and they tried to invoke spirits for fun one time. They sat down on the floor in a circle holding hands and said, spirit if you're there, knock three times. And apparently, they immediately heard three very violent knocks and ran off screaming. She told me that ever since then, the room has always felt weird. And that's it. Nowadays, the, the room is pretty different, but still used as a guest room. It still feels weird, but I'd say a lot less than when I was a kid. I know my brothers who are 10 years younger have also complained about feeling uncomfortable there for some reason, but... They never had any unusual experiences there. Well, none like mine, anyway. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family, and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.